Good afternoon, producer Susan. How are you doing this new year? Happy New Year, Jersey Joe. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. Still waiting for our, for our first snowflake. So did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I, I heard a rumor we're supposed to get uh, five inches this weekend. Really? Uh, we're still waiting for our first flake. So anyway, anyway, did you get any good Christmas gifts? I, I did. How about you? Uh, well, you know, a bunch of stuff I always needed. Got some good cigars and stuff, which I smoke from time to time. And uh, you do anything interesting over your holiday? Uh, not really. Not really. All right. Well, I went. I I did a bunch of fun stuff. But anyway, so you want to hear what we're going to talk about today? What's on the agenda? Well, too much. You know, it's been it's been a while. A lot happened, so I had to pare this down. I hope I can get to it. So here's what I'm going to try to talk about today. By the way, today is uh, January second, the second day of the new year. Our quote of the week is from Mark Twain about what you can learn from getting kicked by a mule. And our stupidest thing we've heard all week will tell you how a burglar in Colorado got caught after he decided to try to use an Uber vehicle and driver as his getaway car. We'll tell you about two sets of twins that were born in the last 48 hours where each twin was born in a different year than their sibling. We'll tell you how the state of Texas and bus companies are getting around new restrictions that the mayor of New York City has imposed on buses attempting to deliver illegal immigrants into that sanctuary city. And in a related story, we'll tell you how much California will be spending this year to provide free medical care to, to illegal immigrants living in that state. Um, in, a, uh, in a story you will never hear in the evening news, we'll tell you how many police officers were intentionally murdered by suspects last year and compare that figure to the number of people who are unjustly killed by police officers in the line of duty. In the line of duty. And that difference may, may, may shock you. Um, if you drive your own car for business and you itemize your tax deductions, we'll tell you how much you can start deducting for every mile you drive on business beginning uh, two days ago. We'll also tell you about the efforts to reduce CO2 emissions in this country uh, and Europe are why they're not why the, the, the efforts we're making in Europe are not having any impact on reducing global CO2 emissions. And I want to give some perspective on the loss of life that Israeli, that Israel suffered during the October 7th attacks and compare that to the lives lost on the 9-11 attacks in the U.S. And I want to contrast those two on the basis of percentage of population. And in keeping with our story that I just talked about, about police officers being murdered by suspects, for the first time ever, our taxpayer relief shot story comes to us from New Jersey, where one of those thugs tried to murder another police officer, but wound up getting killed himself, because I think the two are related, because you never hear about police officers getting killed. Anyway, so uh, you want to hear about Mark Twain and his comment about mules? Yeah, I think I've heard this one, but let's hear it. Uh, Mark Twain once said, there's nothing new to be learned by the second kick of a mule. <laughs> As a guy who's been kicked by a horse, um, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of relevance to that. It's not just about mule. So what do you think the relevance of the, about the second kick of mule is? Yeah, uh, you know, we, we don't learn from our mistakes, apparently. Right, right. we don't. You know, and, and people do the same stupid things over and over and over. And I think one of our prior quote of the weeks was, um, the one thing we've learned from history is that people don't learn from history. Mm -hmm. I believe that was a quote of the week yeah. in our prior pod. So again, people do this, do stupid stuff and they, they keep repeating stupid stuff over and over and over. So I think that's very relevant that there's nothing new to be learned by the second kick of a mule, but people who, uh, again, uh, get quote, they get kicked by a mule because they did something stupid and how often they go back and do the same, same thing all over again.
Uh, just makes me shake my head. Anyway, so you only brought the stupidest thing I've heard all week. What's the stupidest thing you've heard this week? Well, Wheat Ridge, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver, about five miles outside of Denver, close to where I used to live. A burglar at 10 o'clock at night uh, cut his way through a chain link fence around a plumbing business. And then he broke into that plumbing company and he had a duffel bag. And once inside the building, he started stuffing the duffel bag with some very, very expensive and specialized power tools. Meanwhile, somebody walking by saw the hole in the fence and called the police. Well, the, the police showed up and and uh, they saw this car sitting on a corner about a block away. And they thought maybe this was, you know, related. Maybe this was the guy's accomplice or something. And they stopped the driver and they said, um, you know, uh, what are you doing here? Who are you waiting for? And the guy says, I'm an Uber driver. I'm waiting for my ride. And of course, if you know anything about Uber, mm-hmm. uh, when you use the app, not only can you see where the car is, the driver can see where you are. Did you know that? with uber uh no i i knew you could see where the car is but i didn't know that they could see me yes they can see you when you when you do when you anyway so the driver shows him his phone he says i'm waiting for this guy and he shows him the phone and the guy's at the at the location where the robbery was reported so the police caught the guy with his duffel bag full of tools escaping from trying to trying to leave the building the plumbing business so, I mean, that's pretty high up on stupid, right? You call an Uber driver as your getaway car? Yeah, that's like the guy who robs the place wearing his name tag. Wearing his name tag. So, anyway. <laughs> so that was the stupidest thing I've heard all week. If you heard anything stupider, please let me know. But I do you hear anything more stupid than that? Uh, I, I feel like that probably tops everything. At least for this week. All right. So now we've all heard stories about twins, you know. Well. We've all heard stories about twins, um, you know, where one was born just before midnight and another was born just after midnight, right? Yeah. And that'll, that'll happen with twins. But this weekend, of course, it was New Year's weekend. Um, we had one set of twins in New Jersey. One was born a few minutes before midnight on December 31st. And the other was in, and in Connecticut, the same thing happened. One twin was born a few minutes before midnight on December 31st. And in both cases, the second twin was born about 20 minutes later on January 1, meaning that in both cases, those twins will, will have been born in different years. One will have been born in 2023 and the mm-hmm. other will have been born in 2024. So how's that for a, a story? They each get their own day. They'll each get, so back-to-back birthdays, instead of one Instead of one uh, joint birthday, there'll be two separate consecutive birthdays. So I thought that was pretty, pretty rare and unusual, don't you? Yeah, yeah. At least they they each get their own day. Their own day. All right. Um, business mileage. Uh, I know a lot of people. I used to do a lot of uh, personal driving myself, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, most people incorrectly assume that because the price price of gas has come down by more than forty percent this year, that there wasn't going to be any increase. <clears throat> in the uh, IRS uh, business mileage allowance because of the drop in the price of gas. Well, despite the drop in the price of gas, the IRS said with the price of cars going up and car maintenance going up, they still decided to increase it. So effective yesterday, uh, if you drive your car in business, uh, the allowance for business mileage is up to 67 cents a mile, which is an increase from last year's 65 cents a mile. So you get an increase, not a decrease. Good. Um, which is good news for people who drive on business. Um, and by the way, if you drive on for charity, the charitable deduction is not the same, but I, it went up, I think about a penny also. So if you drive for charitable purposes, you might wanna look at that. 
All right. Yep. Um, you know, we've seen time and time again where um, uh, private, where, you know, free enterprise has defeat bureaucrats, right? Well, last week in New York City, you know, New York City has been just inundated because they're a sanctuary city. Everybody and their brother has been, including, has been sending busloads of illegal immigrants to New York City. And I think they had now have over 70,000 illegal immigrants. Anyway, Mayor Adams saying, well, we can't handle this. We need to restrict the flow. We can only handle so many at once. So he put out an executive order saying that uh, bus drivers could only deliver bus uh, illegal immigrants uh, to the city drop-off point between 8.30 in the morning and noon, Monday through Friday. And if they violated that, they could be fined and or even have their buses impounded. In other words, the, the city would take their, impound their bus and sell it at auction. So of course, the, the bus companies and the working with the state of Texas uh, found a quick workaround. Um, you know, New, uh, New Jersey and New York have a great commuter rail system where you can take, you can take a train from almost anywhere in New Jersey into New York City. And most commuters, most New Jersey commuters, don't even think about driving, you know, millions of New Jersey people, millions of New Jerseyans simply jump on a train to go to New York City every day, which is the smart way to do it. And there's a really robust rail system. And one of the big terminals is in a place called Secaucus, which is, you know, right on the Hudson River. It's about a five minute train ride to New York City, Penn Station. So all the Texas and the bus companies, they said, OK, great. Um, told the bus drivers, drop them all off at the, at the Secaucus uh, bus ter uh, Secaucus train station and buy them all a, a, a train ticket into New York City Penn Station. It's a it's a five minute ride. So now um, now they're simply now they're showing up by the hundreds in Penn Station at all hours of the day and night. So what do you think of uh, that workaround? I mean, good good for them for you know figuring out a, a legal way to to, to get go around the the ridiculous rules that Mayor Adams has has set forth because the you know yeah. you know that they, they they chose to become a sanctuary city, city. So yep they chose is, to become a sanctuary sanctuary city and you know hey you know, you got what you asked for you're a sanctuary city and you can't re and as much as you try you're not going to restrict the inflow of people so if you want it to end you know you need to talk to Biden about securing the border because it's just going to continue and nothing and nothing you can do is going to stop it because, yeah. you know, and if you try to shut down Secaucus or there's a dozen other places, um, you know, Connecticut, and, uh, Westchester, you know, you can, there's, there's commuter train stations all over uh, the tri-state area where people can be dropped off and take a bus into New York City uh, to take a train. So it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Now, you want to move to the West Coast from the East Coast? Yeah, what's happening on the West Coast? Well, California, of course, is, is dealing with their with their own uh, illegal immigrant uh, crisis. But and one of the things they've just signed into law is guess what? If you're an illegal immigrant in California and you have a cold or, or uh, you know, you, you got a cold, uh, you, you got a night, you now get free medical care in California. And you know what that's going to cost the taxpayers and businesses of California? And I say businesses because businesses are taxpayers as well. Do you know millions. what that's going to what the state of California is going to spend annually providing free medical care for the illegal immigrants in that state? Millions. How about eight hundred and thirty five million dollars? <laughs> this is a state that is billions of dollars in debt is now going to be spending. And this is their conservative estimate. Of course, you know, they're going to blow right through this number. But their initial official estimate is eight hundred and thirty five million dollars per year to provide 
unlimited free medical care to any illegal immigrant in the States. Um, now, when you look at things like that, along with everything else, like a 12% income tax rate, no wonder that California is among one of the top three states in this country with a net population decline, despite the influx of illegal immigrants. Now, think about that. Despite the hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants that are coming into California, even in, even counting those hundreds of thousands of legal immigrants, California is, still has a net decline of population. And those people are not paying taxes. And those people are not paying taxes. They're and losing the, taxpayers. Right. So those who choose to remain, their taxes are going to have to compensate. Right. So you're so you're replacing taxpayers with non-taxpayers. Mm -hmm. um, and by the and the taxpayers were also providing for their own you know, their, their own medical care, you know, they were, they were providing, you know, they were paying for everything else. They were paying for their own clothing. They were paying school taxes. So you're losing taxpayers and you're replacing them with non-taxpayers. You don't need to be a genius to know where, where this is headed. Do you? Yeah. I mean, they're already in debt, as you mentioned, they're just digging themselves deeper in debt. Right. And of course their solution is going to be, well, we need to raise taxes. And once you raise taxes, you'll, you'll just increase the rate at which people are fleeing that state. Yep. So, you know, one of the things I do every do throughout the year and I, I summarize at the end of the year is I, I actually keep track of how many cops get killed in. Now, by, you know, about 200 cops die in the line of duty every year. A lot of them die in traffic accidents, you know, pursuit. They get hit by drunk drivers. But there's a subset of that where, where police officers are intentionally murdered. A thug they're chasing pulls out a gun and shoots them or they walk up to a car, you know, traffic stop. The person in the car rolls down the window and shoots a gun in their face. Um, you never hear about that on, on the news, do you? No. No. Now, what you do here, if a police officer mistakenly shoots somebody, you know, it's dark and they, they're chasing, they have a, and they turn around, they've got a cell phone in their hand, and the, the police officer mistakes the cell phone for a weapon and shoots. You hear about that. That's all over the national yeah. news, right? Absolutely. Uh, Derek Chauvin in uh, was it Wisconsin or Minneapolis? You know, kneel, Minneapolis. kneeled on the guy's neck and the guy died, right? Yes. You think he when he kneeled on his neck, he said, "You know, I want to kill this guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him by kneeling on the neck." Do you think that was his intent? I don't think that was intense. No. Can you think of a uh, an incident where a suspect has died in police custody in the oh. past three years where the police officer? Uh, took his action with the intent that I'm going to, I intend to illegally kill this person. Can you yeah, I don't, nobody, I don't think that any of the police were people have died in custody. I mean, that certainly wasn't their intent. Right. And in, uh, by the way, and in Colorado last year, maybe it was two years ago, uh, they, police officers stopped this young black man and they, and then the paramedics came up and, the, and they injected him with ketamine and he died as a result of that ketamine overdose. And I think some of those police officers were found guilty of, you know, criminally negligent homicide, but they didn't intend to kill that young black man. There was no intent to murder him. Yeah. Um, but any, but every time that happens, which is once, maybe twice per year, it's national freaking news. Mm -hmm. So you want to guess how many police officers were intentionally murdered by suspects last year? Oh, unfortunately, I'm going to say probably a couple dozen. Try 50, almost one a week, one a week, every week, at least a, a, one police officer is, and I'm, by the way, and when I say murdered, I'm not counting those police officers who are hit and killed by drunk drivers. You know, you'll see these things where, you know, a cop pulls somebody over on the side of the road and then a drunk driver comes along and, and hits the police officer and kills them. 
Uh, I'm not counting. I'm not counting drunk drivers. I'm talking about people who intentionally took out a gun or took out a knife and said, I'm going to shoot this cop or I'm going to stab this cop. It was a, a, a conscious decision to murder a police officer. And that happened last year 50 times. Um, but my question is, why doesn't the, the evening news now you'll hear it as a local story. But have mm -hmm. you ever heard a local story where so and so officer was murdered you know, by a suspect in, in you know, Oakland or or Memphis? You ever hear, have you ever heard that as a national news story? Not national, not on the national news. You're right. You hear it. You hear it locally. But I, I, I can't say that I've heard of. On the national right. news. Well, again, I just want our listeners to understand that uh, it is one of the great unreported stories. And, and the name of this show is News and Perspective You Won't Hear on TV. Well, this is perspective you won't hear on the TV. Police officers in this, in this country are murdered at the rate of one per week. Yet you'll never hear not a single one of those incidents will ever make the national news, nor will you hear the national news ever tell you that total. I guarantee you this week or this month, you won't ever hear a report saying 60 minutes won't ever come on and do a story that, you know, that one police officer per week is murdered in this country. You won't ever hear that as a, as a national news story. So I, I wanted to make sure our listeners knew that and can maybe talk. And by the way, where you can find the names of these people, there's actually a website called the Officer Down Memorial Page. And the website is O D. M as in Mary P O D M P dot org, not dot com org, O D M P dot org. You'll see every single police officer who died in the line of duty this year. Now, some died of heart attacks, some died in traffic accidents, but you'll also find the 50 that were killed by gunfire. <coughs> and by and the way, put a link to that web on our website. If you would, uh, yes. Uh, in fact, yeah. let me type that right into my show, show notes right now. O D M P. Org. And by the way, they also list canine officers. Mm -hmm. You want to know, you want to guess how many canine officers were, were murdered? I actually did attend a ceremony just a couple of weeks ago of one. Uh, uh, sad to say, I'm going to say probably a couple dozen. Well, last year it was 13. And they also, yep. and on that same site, uh, odmp.org, they also list the canine officers. And last year, 13 canine officers lost their lives. All right. So, all right. Uh, let's talk about Israel on October 7th. Um, now, in 9-11, in do you recall roughly how many Americans lost their lives at those? Uh, it was uh, it was over 3,000. Right, 3,000. And it was three. It was it was the World Trade Center, it was the Pentagon, and it was the, the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. And as a result, we committed tens of thousands of troops to a war with the Taliban, and we fought them in Afghanistan for nearly 10 years. That's how we reacted to the loss of the 3,000 lives. Now, during the October 7th attack by Hamas on Israeli civilians, nearly 1,200 Israelis were killed. But the population of Israel is only 9 million compared to 323 million in the U.S. So if we were to adjust that as a percentage of the population, so our population is 35 times larger than Israel. Well, we applied that 35 times factor to those 1200 lives um without asking you to, if if you were to do that math in your head if you took that same percentage of population times 35 do you know how many people that would be if those if that 
percentage of people were killed in an attack on U.S. soil. Do you want to guess how many, what the loss of U.S. lives would be? Can't do that math in my head. I need a calculator. It would be 43,000 Americans. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my question. So if we take the percentage of the U.S. of the Israeli population that was lost on October 7th and applied that to an attack on U.S. soil where the same percentage of U.S. citizens lost their lives, it'd be 43,000 people. So my question to you, if 43,000 Americans were murdered in a one-day attack by the military force of an opposing nation in a one-day surprise attack, what do you think the majority of, do you think the majority of U.S. citizens would be calling for a restraint in our response to that military force? No, we, we'd we be all all over them. We'd be all over that. So when people say, oh, the Israelis need to show restraint. Again, if 43,000 Americans were murdered by the military force of an, an opposing nation in a one-day surprise attack, I, I, I think if any, I don't think you'd hear the, the calls for restraint. And if people were calling for restraint, I think they would be uh, booed and... Um, uh, and and probably shunned by the rest of the population. So no, you got to put things in perspective. Uh, again, what Israel lost would be the equivalent of forty three thousand people being murdered in this country. So um, so people, oh, they need to show restraint. No, I don't think they need to show restraint because I don't think you'd be calling for restraint if forty three thousand Americans were were murdered. All right, you want to move on to CO two? Yeah. What, what's what's this week in CO two? All right. Well, as you know, Europe and the United States have been going to extreme lengths mm -hmm. to reduce our CO2 emissions. And I'm going to give them credit. Mm -hmm. We have over the past yeah. over the past 20 years, actually over the past 15 years, the U.S., uh, despite an increasing U.S. population, the U.S. has reduced our total CO2 emissions by, by almost 10 percent. And they've done that through a, a combination of uh, you know, replacing coal-fired power plants with natural gas power plants, um, mm -hmm. getting more electric vehicles and hybrids, and cr increasing the efficiency of, of uh, home air conditioning units, and, and uh, increasing the efficiency of of new gas-powered cars. Europe has done even better; they've decreased their CO2 emissions by 16%, which is great. Mm -hmm. However, however. And by the way, the population of the U.S. and Europe combined is barely, I actually, I think it's just shy of 1 billion people. You know what the population of China is? Oh, it's it's well over a billion. Well over, same thing with India. Oh, so that, yeah, we, I think India has the largest population, doesn't it? No, I think China hasn't beat by a little is bit. China? Uh, okay. We, we, but anyway, so here's the U.S. We're down by 10% over the past 15 years. Um Actually, I'm going to go back 20 years, and Europe's down 16%. China, over the same period, is up by 208%, mm -hmm. and India is up by 155%. And if you take the other countries around the world, primarily African countries, they're up by 53%. So net-net, if you were to add those massive increases in CO2 emissions from China, India, and African countries to the to the relatively modest 10% and 16% from the U.S. and Europe. What do you think the net net of, of those uh, increases and decreases are? Oh, the net is, has increased significantly. Significantly. So my my late father, you know, when we talked about putting things in perspective, um, 
he had a phrase he used to use a lot, which is it's the equivalent of a fart in a gale of wind. Mm -hmm. So when I look at what the U.S. has done and what Europe has done and what it's cost us, by these things don't come free. We've spent hundreds of billions of dollars um, to achieve these rather modest reductions. Meanwhile, uh, last time I looked, by the way, China was open, uh, building and op opening more than one new coal-fired power plant every single week. I think it's more than one per week. India's doing the same thing. So here we are shutting down our coal power plants, and India and China are opening new ones just as fast as they can build them. So for every one we shut down, they open 10. Mm -hmm. That's the ratio, by the way. We shut down one, they open 10. So... So you got to put things in perspective because they are wiping out and negating anything we're doing. So people say, well, we have to do better. You know, global warming, the U.S. has to do better. No, China and India and, and African countries, they're the ones that need to do better. So I don't want to hear anything more about what, what else the U.S. needs to do until the pressure is brought, brought on China and India. Because, again, right now, nothing we're doing is going to have an impact as long as countries like China and India, India continue. And when you look at the graph, by the way, their line is going almost straight up. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, it's, you know, the, the rate at which it's increasing, this is not a gradual, This the airlines are going up at a 45 degree angle on the graph. So, you know, it's a rather dramatic year over year increase. All right. How much time we got left? Oh, let's see. Uh, we got a good, about 10 minutes. All right, good. Well, then we'll talk about, since the beginning of the year, we'll talk about taxpayer leave shots. So, you know, we call them taxpayer leave shots because when, you know, if if a thug is is uh, is arrested and given goes to trial, of course, well, they don't have money for an attorney, so they get a free, you know, they get a court-appointed attorney, you know, which is going to cost $100,000. And then if you put this thug in jail for every year he's in jail, it's going to cost, you know, seventy five, eighty thousand $80,000 a year. So if you send the thug to jail, for 10 years, uh, between the cost of the trial and his 10 years in jail, it's going to cost the taxpayers a million a uh, million dollars easy. So every time a thug is is shot and killed by a good guy or a good woman with a gun, you save the taxpayers, you know, at least a million dollars. And here's the way the uh, sheriff of Santa Rosa County, Florida, feels about the whole situation. Let me see if I can find this here. Somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers money. And, uh, you know, we haven't played uh, Sheriff Grady Judd in a long time. So we have Sherry Grady Judd is also, he's from Polk County, Florida. And here's two things that Sheriff Grady has to judge, say on the same topic. Here we go. But we have received information on social media that some of the criminals we're going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns and they're gonna be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. Now, and we've got one more from Grady Judd, which I know you've heard before, and I'm going to ask you to tell me which one you like. Here's something else Sheriff Judd had to say. I would highly suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, 
that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. So which one do you like better? I, uh, I think he might have meant Swiss cheese, but I think I like that, the Swiss cheese. Yeah, the, yeah shoot him. I don't think he like meant grated cheese. But. Grated cheese, but yeah. But I, I, you know, but blow, blow you back out of their house is pretty good too. Anyway, so that's how the two sheriffs feel about I it. I mean, that just sums up, you know, self-defense of your so, home and property right. and yourself. All right. Now we've never done this before where we, we've always done either a, you know, a private citizen, you know, man or a woman, you know, homeowner or business owner. But because the, the topic this, uh, this week was about police officers being murdered, we're going to play you one that took place in New Jersey last week. Cranford, New Jersey. I used to work in Cranford, by the way. It's it's uh, in in New Jersey, uh, not far from New York City. And here's a um, a thug that tried to murder a police officer. And we'll play this news report from CBS. And this is what happened to that thug after he shot at and wounded a cop, uh, and then had to face the uh, face his fellow officers. Here we go. New Jersey that left an officer wounded and a suspect dead. The state's attorney general is now investigating our CBS 2's Christine Sloan live in Cranford with the latest details. Christine. Natalie, sources tell me that Cranford police officer was shot in the arm. He was rushed to the hospital, University Hospital. That's where he was treated and released. He is expected to make a full recovery. A law enforcement source also tells me that it all started with a stolen vehicle pursuit here in Cranford and that the driver of that vehicle is dead. Law enforcement sources say the late-night pursuit began near Centennial Avenue in the quiet suburban town of Cranford, New Jersey, and ended up on the Garden State Parkway. According to sources, Cranford police came in contact with what is described as a stolen vehicle before ending up on the parkway in Woodbridge. A source familiar with the investigation says the driver of the vehicle got out and began firing at Cranford officers. One officer who has not been identified was wounded in the arm and transported to University Hospital, and the driver was killed, according to sources. The New Jersey Attorney General's office is investigating the shooting. It is standard protocol anytime an officer fires a weapon. The governor confirming the Cranford officer was shot in a tweet and adding, our men and women in uniform put their lives on the line every day to keep us safe. We are praying for the officer's swift recovery. The attorney general's office has guidelines when it comes to police pursuits, and a source tells me this incident appears to be within those guidelines. And, of course, this shooting has rocked this quiet, quaint community here in Union County. The police here in Cranford are not commenting because this is now an attorney general investigation. We're live in Cranford, New Jersey. Christine Sloan, CBS2 News. Okay. So one less thug who had no compunction about trying to kill a cop is no longer a threat to other cops. So yeah. I, I think that was a good way to start the year. What do you think? Yeah, I you know, sends a statement, don't mess with us. Don't mess with cops. Anyway, uh, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, I I, uh, I I was at the grocery store the other day and I heard some, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, ten year old boys. They were talking about their New Year's revolutions. Revolution. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't talking about re actual revolutions. <laughs> no, let's hope you're right. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, for those who are listening uh, and possibly for the first time, I hope you found the topics uh, that I talked about today as interesting and important as I did. And if so, I hope you continue to listen to this podcast in the weeks and months to come. 
And if you want to see some of the materials and story links you heard me talk about today, you can find them on the Jersey Joe website at jerseyjoe.com. And it's important that you spell Jersey, J-E-R as in Robert, Z as in zebra, J-E-R-Z-E-E, jerseyjoe.com. Um, and if you want to email me with a comment, question, or suggested show topic you'd like me to talk about, you can do that by sending me an email to simply joe at jerseyjoe.com. Again, jersey with an R and a Z. Um, and other than that, uh, I've got nothing else to add unless you do, uh, Producer Susan. And since you, you don't add this stuff onto the website, because uh, you're not, you're, I'm keeping a tally of this stuff when I'm adding on the website. This this is actually the start of season number four. Hard to believe. Wow, season four. We've been doing this for four, almost going on four years now. Well, fantastic. All right. Well, Producer Susan, uh, we'll happy you have, have a happy new year and a good year. And I will talk to you next week at the same time. Take care. Right. Bye bye. Happy new year. Bye bye.